Welcome to Ready, Set, Sold with your host, Brian Vogt. Are you wanting or even thinking about selling your house but don't know where to start? Good thing you've found Ready, Set, Sold. And now, real estate broker, Brian Vogt. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Ready, Set, Sold. I am your host, Brian Vogt. How are you doing this fine Saturday? We have had, uh, I guess, nothing unusual in the St. Louis Metro East area when it comes to weather, meaning is that I think Tuesday there was a gigantic snowstorm, didn't last very long, and then all of a sudden it warms up and then it cools down, and that's just kind of the way it is in our neck of the woods. If you've been here, like I have literally all my life, you kind of get used to it. I say kind of get used to it, but not 100%. With that said, though, kind of review a little bit what's going on with the market. The market is still smoking hot. It just is. The spring market is, we've been telling everybody, and I've said this on the program numerous times, if your agent hasn't contacted you, you might want to contact them, or you might want to look for another agent. If they're not aware of what's going on with the market, because the spring market is going to be huge in O'Fallon, Collinsville, Edwardsville, near Sky Force Base, Mascuda, Belleville. I mean, the whole gamut, Columbia, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So, again, if you're even thinking about selling, maybe you even did it, maybe you in the market last year, maybe even the end of last year, November and December, I would definitely be talking to an agent and getting it back onto the market because uh, some amazing things are, are, are happening already, and they're going to be happening down the road. Let's also turn into how do you buy a house, and... The number one thing is you need to have that credit score, that lender, professional lender, need all those pieces together. And I always say this, 90, 95% of the sellers are going to be buyers. It's very common. They sell their house. They're moving up or they're uh, moving down in the sense of a, of a small house. But either way, they're going to need a lender. And so I'm very happy, very happy to have Deb Rust with me today from New American Funding. Deb, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful, thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, you're welcome. Uh, Deb uh, and her company and Dave Hoy, also her, uh, I guess, partners kind of in crime, and maybe crime's a bad word to use, but uh, her her partner that she's been working with for years. Um, Dave could make it today, but Deb's going to be filling in, and she's got some great information. Uh, Simply the fact, uh, my gosh, you've got 20 years plus in, in the business, and she knows her stuff, and so I wanted to bring her on to talk about a problem that's really kind of coming up that buyers need to be aware of, and that is that basically the credit scores. Yeah, credit scores we're seeing we're seeing a lot, and I always try to keep what I talk about relevant. And um, so this is just kind of what I'm seeing in the last you know couple months, and it you know it's always a good refresher. Um, So, you know, like you said, I've been in the business 20 years. I started when I was five. Um, And uh, (laughs) credit scores scores are are becoming more and more prevalent. Um, There's more and more that goes into them. Um, And I just want to kind of explain. You have a situation where buyers, you you know, get ready to pull the trigger. The market's hot. Houses are not staying, you know, available for very long. Um, They get in a bidding war with people, you know, with other potential buyers. 
So it's really important to, you know, be ready. Uh, when we pull credit, try to do the pre-qualification, um, that's not the best time to find out, you know, just through lack of, you know, looking at your credit or, or having pulled it to find out that you've got some work to do. Um, so lenders, primarily all lenders, basically rely 100% on the credit score to determine what program would fit you. Um, it's just a way that, you know, they've determined that measures your dependability and when it comes to paying the loan back. Um, I don't agree with that a hundred percent of the time, but that's what we have to, to go by. So, um, and now I'm finding you know, more and more that um, with the, with the mortgage side of things getting, you know, back on track and, and people becoming more lax, the subprimes coming back a little bit. Um, the score is not only, you know, whether you'll be approved or not approved, but it also can determine the sort of program you get, what kind of interest rate you get, and you want to make sure you're getting the best, the best deal. Um, if you have a situation where your score is two points away from getting, and this is, you know, strictly as an example, this isn't, you know, exact, but if you're two points away from being able to do a conventional loan versus an FHA loan, that's worth knowing. So I can save you a lot of money over the long term. Um, so getting your credit pulled, having a lender tell you that you can't do it right now is probably one of the best things that can happen to you because you can know exactly. And if you get, if you get a good lender, like, you know, myself and there's other good lenders that can say, you're not ready right now. That's not the worst news on the planet. Um, here's what we can do and get you ready in, in the next couple months. So I think that spring and summer is going to be, going to be huge. And, and I want to, I want to get people ready for it. Um, so yeah, so I, you know, kind of just wanted to explain what a FICO was. Uh, I know there's Credit Karma and, and other uh, companies out there that will send you your credit score, uh, for, you know, so you can kind of keep an eye. Uh, that's not what lenders use. Lenders use a FICO score. It's a little bit different, just has a lot more that goes into determining your actual score. And it's not something that, that everybody knows. So um, just kind of real quick. Uh, what is a FICO? Your FICO is a, a three-digit score. It ranges between 300 and 850. Again, it reflects your willingness to repay, uh, also known as your credit worthiness. Um, obviously, the lower your score, the riskier you are. The higher your score, you know, the less risky you are. So a higher score can mean a lower rate, a better program, you know, various things like that. So one of the things I always try to tell people is to everyone's entitled to a free credit report annually. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything. Um, the website's uh, www.annualcreditreport.com. And one of the best things to do is just to look at that for any errors um, or accounts you don't recognize. There's identity thefts all the time. If you don't check your credit quarterly uh, at least, you wouldn't know if you know somebody bought a car on your behalf or a house on your behalf or just opened a credit card or you know credit reporting agencies make mistakes you know Chase or Citibank could have reported a, a late payment and you would never know unless you unless you looked at it um, so look at that uh, one of the things I always notice and and what I always try to tell people your FICO takes a lot into account that's unrelated to debt and it can be you know if you change addresses a lot of there's a lot of addresses reporting people use you know, their parents' address still or, or you know, roommate from college or, you know, something to that effect, you want to get those addresses off your score because anything that shows instability will affect your FICO score. It can be employment changes, address changes, 
various things like that. And people don't don't realize that. So it's really important to make sure that your report is up to date. And if anybody, if any of the three repositories are reporting incorrectly, you just go online. It's a real quick fix. I never resided here or I don't reside here. I've lived here for this many years. I've worked here. I've never worked here. And those are just really, really good, good things to keep your score, you know, at its highest point. Well, and I think, too, when I'm hearing you, too, and, and there's, that's great information for people that, that are just kind of curious of where they're at and, and maybe starting the process. But I would think, though, you know, really the gold standard is contacting someone like you at New American Funding uh, and, and and just finding out, you know, what, what the scoop is. I mean, most times, uh, as you mentioned, that maybe maybe it's a month or two delayed, mm-hmm. but Again, you have a you have a starting point. You know what you need to do. Do some you know credit repairs. It's not the end of the world. But also, the fact is, is that I would think that still the majority of people are probably having success. So it's it's kind of a win win. It's what I'm hearing from you, Deb, is it's more informational based because that's what we're really trying to do. Is you're trying to make the process as smooth and easy, which you guys do, as possible for the buyer. So there is no big surprises because nobody wants that heartbreak sellers, agents, anybody. Right, absolutely. And something I it's one of my favorite things to do to sit with someone and go over their credit report. A, a typical, you know, person, let's just say my age, your credit report is almost 40, 50 pages long. Um, you know, it's a thumbprint of what you've done since you turned 18 or became credit worthy. Um, and I always hear people say, you know, I've always paid my bills on time. I don't know what the problem is. Well, that is 30% of your total credit score is paying your bills on time. Um, you could have 50 credit cards completely maxed out and you pay them on time and have a lower credit score than somebody who has two credit cards and has paid them routinely late for the last year. And that's just the reality of things. So um, it's very important to know, you know, what factors. Well, and I think then just to kind of follow up on that too, as I said, I think it's, I think it's, it's important that you, again, you choose your lender wisely they have that information, they have the experience like you guys do at New American Funding, and, and make sure um, that they get it right. Because, again, that's the last thing anybody wants to do. And the good news is we may be having some issues here. They can be easily repaired, or you have no issues at all. That's the other concern, too, is that we you know always have to be worried about, at least on, the, on us on the realtor side, is that people won't act because they have a fear of something, and it's not like that at all. Uh, right. I mean, just not that way at all. I mean, you're not going to sit there and and sit, Deb, and sit there and say, you know, it's Judgment Day. It's 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 a process of helping them through whatever they need to do to get where they need to go. Absolutely. Okay, I tell you what, we're running out of time in this segment, but we're going to have be back with Deb Rust of New American Funding with some more great information on the lending side. You can listen to Ready Set Sold with your host Brian Boat. We'll see you in a few. Welcome back to Ready, Set, Sold. I'm your host, Brian Vogt. Hope you're having a fantastic weekend. Maybe big plans. Maybe you're out looking at houses right now. Maybe you're out going out later on today or possibly even Sunday or this week. Cannot tell you enough that this house, uh, the housing market is really, really picked up. So if you are a buyer, this is not a time to wait. Now, there's still some good selections out there, so I don't want to, to panic you that way. But many times you have to be ready ready and able to go. And so we're talking with Deb Rust of New American Funding 
about that simple fact is that sometimes there is still mystery about it or some, some type of intrigue or some type of fear that really just doesn't exist when people people want to check and find out if they can be approved or what they're approved for. And then we were talking between the break about that simple fact that that, that really is 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 not that way at all, is it? No, not at all. You know, um, I was what well, I was saying to you on the break. Uh, sometimes I find that the people uh, that that don't worry about their credit should worry, and the people that do worry about credit um, should not. So a, a prime example that I always use, and my dad would kill me if I if I said this, but. You know, my dad's kind of old school, and he came from the mortgage side of things, always paid cash for, for everything. And my mom, you know, didn't work, and she was the, the department store credit card person and, and that. And when it came time for my dad to pull credit for whatever reason, he had no score. And my mom had, you know, close to an 800 credit score, which my, was mind-boggling to him. But the reality was he had, had demonstrated no worthiness. He had demonstrated that you know, he paid cash for everything, which is great. And he think, you know, he thought that was the way it is. But from a lender, we, we had no basis on which to tell if he was a good borrower or not. You know, we there's no record of that. So it's very, very important to keep your credit, you know, use credit, I guess, for lack of a better word. So the things that make up your credit score, um, like I had said in, in the earlier segment, is not just paying your debts on time. It's what kind of debts you have, how long you've had them open, um, how many new debts you get in a certain amount of time, and then the diversity of credit. So credit cards are not the devil. Uh, installment loans are not. Um, but you want to have a good mixture of both of them. Uh, it's your earning or your borrowing potential that determines a lot of, of your score. Paying on time, keeping a credit card open, not paying it off every month, but just keeping a small balance on there and utilizing your available credit responsibly, for lack of a better word. So there's a lot of people that think there's a lot of myths out there that I hear all the time um, with respect of you had said people are afraid to talk to lenders because they don't want to check their credit because they think that it's going to cost them. As I had mentioned earlier, you can get the free credit report as well as from New American, it's the cost of business for us. We'll pull your credit with for no charge, go over it with you, uh, and then you know give you you know any insight that we can on what you know we can do to make you a potential customer. Um, a lot of people think checking your credit numerous times hurts you, and and that's not not really the the situation either. Um, anytime you pull your credit on your own and it doesn't result in a loan or a credit card or whatever, it doesn't hurt your score, you know, in any way. Uh, if you, a, a good example of that is car shopping. People go for shop for a car, and the dealer may try 12 different lenders or banks at that, you know, exact time. Your score doesn't drop two points or three points for every single lender that they pull through. Um, you know, there's a there's a there is actually a, a rationale, I guess, that the the FICO has, uh, where it knows what you're doing. So you can shop lenders, you can shop banks, you can shop, you know, different things uh, to make sure you're getting the best deal. And a lot of people, um, I find, especially around income tax time, they get come into a good deal of money for their income tax return, and they think, well, I'm just going to clear off all my debt, pay off everything. And it's very important to understand that any any swing in your debt situation, your credit situation, good or bad, will negatively impact your score for a short time. So if you get a big, 
you know, $1,000 or $2,000 income tax refund and you pay off all your small credit cards and you think you're bettering your situation, it's instability as far as how FICO is, is looks at it. Um, they're thinking, uh-oh, what's going on? It, you know, are they in trouble? Now they have all this borrowing power. Are they going to go max them all out? You know, what are they going to do? And so it takes a while, and, and your score will negatively be impacted for, for several days, you know, 45, 60 days, until it realizes, okay, you know, she, she just paid off some stuff. She's fine. She's not, you know, getting herself back into debt or, you know, anything like that. So it's really important to talk to somebody um, about it. And I'll always kind of counsel people, pay if you've got a $500 Macy's card and you just want to do the best thing for your credit, the best thing to do is kind of pay it down to 40% of your high limit. So you wouldn't want to pay it off necessarily, but just pay it down to, you know, $200 balance and just keep, you know, paying on that every month. And your score sure. just jumps by, you know, leaps and bounds. Sure, and, and I think it just re, re, reiterates of why you need to talk to a lender, try, not trying to make these decisions uh, on your own. You, know, you might okay. be thinking you're doing the right thing, but and maybe you are. It's not saying that you, that you never are, but again, talking to a professional I'm here on the phone with Deb Rust of New American Funding, and this again just scores again why it's so important to talk with the lender, have that conversation. Uh, there are a lot of things that can come up. And as you said, there's situations where people think that they are doing the right thing. And they might be, and they might be. You know, paying off debt is, is usually you know, traditionally a good thing. But like you explained, that may not be the best way to use those monies. And the only way you're going to know that is to talk to a professional. And it's just, it, and, and, it's, and it's okay. And I think that's the other part of it, too, that you mentioned, too, Deb, that I think was a great point. You know, you're here to help them through the process. You're here to, if they need to, to sit down and talk. Whatever they need, that's what you're there for, correct? Absolutely. And something I think people forget, and, and this is something that's been age-old and has never changed, you know, cash is king. If someone has money in the bank, any underwriter, any lender uh, will look at that as being stability over your score. So even if you've got a 580 score or, or, or you know, a low sixes, um, but you've got two grand in the bank, the lender can can look at that and rationalize, hey, you know, they have the ability to save money. And that's a very, very, very strong point. So if you're trying to get your score to a 640 to qualify for a grant program, but, you know, you're $20 in your checking account, then you're just robbing Peter to pay Paul, maybe. I don't, I'm not sure what the correct term is, but you're not really bettering your overall situation. So um, so I can't, I just really can't stress enough how important it is to talk to someone, talk to someone that can guide you in the right direction. You know, something you said that really struck with me that I think it's important to bring out. Maybe you don't think you have the credit score that you need. But again, there can be circumstances around that, like you mentioned, of having cash in the bank that could change that and so you, right. you don't want to be in a situation especially with the market being the way it is as hot as it is to be holding back with information that may or may not be correct to where if you talk to someone like deb russ at american funding they could get you that information and find out oh no you, you're good okay. so i'll tell you what i'm gonna keep you over for one more segment because i want to get into a myth that we hear still a lot and i know deb will know what it is too but i'll just put a tease out it hasn't been true for many, many years. 
when it comes to lending and purchasing a home. And that goes for, again, a seller looking to sell their home and moving to another house, buyer looking to buy uh, their house. We'll talk in a few. Listen to Ready, Set, Sell with Brian Boat. Welcome back to Ready, Set, Sell. I am your host, Brian Vogt, and we've been talking with uh, all this morning with Deb Rust of New American Funding and giving some fantastic information about <clears throat> the lending process. And in a nutshell, it's it's really, really easy if you just reach out. You just reach out and, and talk to a lender similar to Deb Rust or Dave Hoy at New American Funding. It's that's just that simple. They're here to help, and that's what you're looking for in any lender is the ability to just listen to your needs, concerns, and put a game plan together. Most of the time it's going to work out, but if it doesn't, at least you know that up front so you don't get any high hopes and only find out that you can't pull the trigger. So with that said, I kind of want to move into what I mentioned in the last segment, kind of the tease. This is the biggest myth. As realtors, we still hear this. We hear this from buyers that they would buy a home, but they haven't quite got their 20% down in order to buy a house. And Deb, that's not a bad thing, but it's not the only way. In fact, it's rare that people have 20% in today's market, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, nine times out of ten, I will talk people out. I mean, if they're selling a house and profiting and they want to put that money back into a new house, perfect. But for first-time homebuyers, especially, or just, you know, younger people, it's it's much more lucrative to keep your cash on you than it is to put it on, on a mortgage loan. And borrowing money is cheap. Even with the little bit higher interest rates that we've been seeing lately, borrowing money is still very, very cheap. Um, and, and what people forget or what people aren't educated in, I guess, is that when you hit that 20% equity mark, um, yes, you lose mortgage insurance, and everybody thinks that mortgage insurance is the, the big evil, um, but what you're doing basically is you're taking the lender is taking a risk on you. The whole payback of the loan falls on on the borrower, and there's no protection on the lender. So a lot of times, a 20% down loan could yield a higher interest rate than a 10% down loan, solely because if the mortgage insurance is absent, the lender has no protection. So we have we've structured deals at times where. Um, we have done maybe 15% down or 10% down, as I mentioned, and the interest rate is is, is ridiculous cheaper. Um, so, yeah, you're paying that little bit mortgage insurance, but you're saving on rates. And it's always easier uh, to pay extra, you know, on, on a lower rate than it is, you know, every, every month pay down your principal and lose the mortgage insurance at a later date and then still be locked into that lower interest. So those are things that people forget, and I do hear it so often with people that listen to maybe their parents and, you know, mom and dad want to gift them so that they're at that 20% mark. And from an underwriting standpoint, I can't stress enough. It is so much better. We want to know that when you buy this house, you have X amount in reserve in the bank for, you know, moving. The first couple months of living in a home are the most expensive, obviously. And the last thing we want to do is get into a situation where your first payment comes and you don't know where it's going to come from. So, um, yeah, the 20%, the days of 20% down are, are over. And I probably have seven out of 10 phone calls still from people that think that's the, that's the best deal they're going to get. And that just simply isn't true. 
Well, and that's a good point too. And I'm talking with Deb Rust of New American Funding uh, today. And but I, but but I also again, and, and I know this is how you guys operate. If somebody wants to do that, if they're in that situation where 20 percent or even higher or whatever it is, uh, okay. that's perfectly fine. What I'm hearing from you is is that. Believe it or not, there are a few occasions where it can actually hurt you a little bit. So, again, you know, in a nutshell, 3.5%, which is FHA loan, is still the number one buying, is what, what, what buyers use, especially first-time home buyers, as far as the country goes. That can change a little bit here locally. But, again, there could be other options. But the fact of the matter is, is that you don't need to have those big numbers. And that's really important because... If you if you think you do, you, you're simply going to be delaying the process. And look, right now, and I think you know well, you know this that uh, Deb that interest rates are creeping up. It's not, it's not panic time. You know, it's not panic time. You can still get into right. a house and all that, but that's not really what you want to be looking at. You know, why would you pay whatever amount more? It doesn't matter what the amount is. More if you didn't have to. That if you could move forward with it with a 5% or 3.5% or maybe a VA or, or whatever you're looking to do. And or our really 1% people know. Yeah, don't forget we have our conventional 1% down program that's still um, hanging out there and probably will till the end of the year. It's, a, it's an, an amazing deal. The MI companies are really giving us a break on the mortgage insurance on those 1% down. So we're seeing it replace a lot of grant programs and, and it's just a really good deal. So, yeah, 0% down loans are there, 1%, 3%, 5%, they're all there. Hey, we ran out of time, Deb. Uh, we talked with Deb Russ at New American Funding. Thank you so much for your insight and your experience. Thank you. And Thank I'm you. sure we'll talk again down the road. Sounds great. Thank you. Have a great day. You're listening to Brian Bill. Everybody said so. We'll see you in a few. Bye. Welcome back to Ready, Set, Soul. I'm your host, Brian Bode. And we've been talking a lot about lending today with Deb Russ of New American Funding. In particular, basically making sure that you're talking to a qualified lender. I know it may not be, again, for, for people especially who haven't bought a house before, but haven't bought their own home, but it's really important that you pick a lender that has the experience, that has the knowledge that can work you through the process of getting a loan and making it done smoothly, efficiently, and it works in your best interest. Meaning is there's still different types of loans out there to make sure that you're getting the right one for you. So that's really important, especially with the market being as hot as it is. We really want to make sure that buyers have that information. I can tell you that we have already ran into situations. We know stories of situations that buyers have uh, pulled the trigger thinking that they had had their credit score. That particular lender only did a credit score for them, and they thought they had the monies, and it wasn't until much later down the road that their, their dream home uh, went up in thin air when they found out they couldn't pull the trigger. And, again, those are just things that if you're looking to buy are if you're a seller. Again, 90 95% of the time, sellers are going to be buyers also that you know how much you can put down, what you should put down, get some get some serious advice, and that's really important. 
with that said, talked about the market. I've been talking about the market really now for the last three to four weeks. Um, incredible, incredible numbers. I mean, we really are getting to a situation of a shortage in many areas. <clears throat> I mean, we're talking the entire Metro East. So that's really important to know if you're thinking, just thinking about buying a home. Excuse me. Well, buying a home, because usually if you're selling one, you're going to buy one. But if you're looking to sell your house, this is the time. We haven't seen these numbers forever. So, again, talk to your agent. Uh, get the book. I think most of you know by now, it has great success with it. Uh, many people have gotten the book. Ready, Set, Sold is the name of a book, and it's called Ready, Set, Sold, 12 Prudent Steps to Get Your House Sold for Top Dollar and a Fast Sale, and it's free. It's absolutely free, no strings, no nothing. It deals more with the Metro East. It goes with really the heartland where we're at. It doesn't have what's going on the East Coast, West Coast. Those are just two different markets, uh, totally different markets. It talks about what you need to do to get your house sold for top dollar and a fast sale. And even though there are times where people in these hotter markets, sometimes sellers, unfortunately, get some bad information actually from their agency. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. As far as updates and, and things of that nature, uh, I, I totally disagree with that. In fact, the exact opposite happens. Uh, you run the risk of still having that same situation of being passed over. And that's not something any seller wants to have. So you want to make sure you're having those things done. People who do have great success making those updates. Sellers, I think, get that. So that's the good news. Most sellers get that already. But sometimes the agents kind of step in and, and, and create some problems, and that's never a good thing. Something else I wanted to announce, too. I just, I just launched another book. I finished another book, believe it or not. It's called Agent Advantage. And it basically is a book. Mostly, mostly for, for, for realtors and also for brokers, for that matter. It's, it's an advantage how real estate agents in St. Louis Metro East can make more money. And it's just geared to, again, agents, how they can do better work for their clients, how they can bring more value to them, uh, help them in more ways so that they can have more sales, that the sellers can have um quicker turnarounds as far as selling the property and getting top dollar. Also for brokers, uh, many times there's a lot of things that I'll just say that I don't necessarily agree with it. I put it in the book. As far as brokers, uh, not all, of course, but, but many brokers tend to have a set fee that they have all their agents charge. I don't think that's I, – I just don't think that's the American way, so to speak. I don't think that's a good thing. I think that uh, it should be open. And I think it would be a win-win for everybody. I think the brokers would see value in that. I think the agents would see value in that. And, of course, the sellers could see value in that. So the seller is actually being able to make a decision uh, based on that agent. And, yes, partly that company, too, but that agent and what they're able to bring in value. So, again, it's kind of filled with that kind of information. There's just you know chapter after chapter talking about that. It's something that I think, quite frankly, has been needed for a long time. Uh, that's a, my personal opinion. I've been doing this now close to two decades. And there's just some things that I think we can always better our industry. We have a, a great industry. I think all in all, agents do a fantastic job. I know, I know, if you're on the, if you're listening right now, there could be a few groans. Yes, there are a few bad apples out there. But overall, 
I would say that agents do a very, very good job. Uh, they do the best they possibly can with, with, with what they have. So anyway, that is actually became a bestseller this week. As we're talking, we, we, we taped this on Wednesday. So Saturday, I'm hoping to be a number one bestseller on Amazon. So that would be really, really cool. Uh, that's what happened with my last book, Ready, Set, Sold. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that out. You know, the reasons why I wrote the book was to actually improve our industry for everyone, not only for the agents, but for the realtors and also, of course, for our clients. And those are the sellers and potentially buyers too, but mostly on the selling side of making sure that it's, um, I just say this way, it's a, it's a fair playing board. Um, that would be the, uh, the, the kind of the recap of the takeaway. And I'll be talking more about the book uh, as the week go on, but I just kind of want to let that know what I'm up to, always looking to try and improve our great industry and I think it's going to be a good thing. And so far, the reception has been pretty well. So I'm very tickled pink with that. I'm really happy with that. We're going to be coming back um, in the next segment of, again with the tip of the week. But again, I'll let you know that you can listen to these programs. You don't catch them all on Saturdays. I get it. Sometimes you're just busy doing this, that, and another on Saturday mornings. Maybe you miss part of a segment. Or you catch half of a segment. I just talked to somebody that didn't catch the whole segment last week that had some questions. It's simple as going to Google Play or going to iTunes and going to Ready, Set, Sold and their podcasts. And the podcasts are all individually set up so you can go to what program you want, what information you want to do it. You can replay it, whatever you need to do. So just another way that we're trying to get the information out so that sellers and, yes, of course, sellers, that you will become buyers and get the information out that they need to make the decisions that's best for them. You're listening to Ready, Set, Sold. I'll be back with a tip of the week. Talk to you too. Welcome back to Ready, Set, Soul. I am your host, Brian Boat, and we had quite a show today. We had Deb Rust of New American Funding on, talking about, really, how simple it is to get a loan. Meaning is, is, yes, there could be some things that you have to be aware of, but the importance of talking to a lender that has the experience, that has the working knowledge, that is going to listen to your needs, understanding what you're, what you're wanting to do, and not be afraid to let you know that, you know what, maybe maybe this isn't the right time. Maybe you need a little bit of work done. Let's face it, look, maybe we should have a better understanding of our credit scores, but most people don't have as <laughs> that working knowledge, and that's okay. That's why talking to a lender, getting yourself pre-approved, having that conversation, keeping you from getting into something that maybe isn't going to work or you're not going to be able to have the home of your dreams, which doesn't help the buyer, but of course it doesn't help the seller either. It doesn't help anybody. So again, I think that's the importance of it. Also, again, the, the idea of the 20%, of course, is something if that's what you want to do, that's what you feel strongly about. By all means, do it. But by no means is that the only way you need to purchase a home in today's market. And it hasn't been that way for at least 20 years, if not longer that there are things that you can do to still get into the home of your dreams, 
that doesn't require that amount of money down. Deb talked about you know 1% loans that New American Funding is offering right now. So again, it could be as little as 1%, some other things that you may need that can get you moving into a house, which is going to make a seller very happy and it's going to make you as a buyer very happy. So again, really important to know those type of situations. I think what that kind of parallels what I'm going to be talking about the tip of the week. It's something that we've talked about numerous times, but again, we've seen it happen now. Actually, I've known it happening about four or five times in the last week. We talk about pre-approval. Pre-approval, it is a little confusing, but I would just say it's the gold standard as far as if you're going to be a buyer. And also it's important for the seller to know that too, that your agent knows that. But the pre-approval versus the pre-qualification. Pre-qualification just simply means is they took the time to talk to a lender. They did get a credit score, but that's all, but that's all they've done in a nutshell. They have maybe an idea of what they're making. A pre-approval actually gives you as a buyer the ability to know what exactly you can afford and how much you're going to be paying a month. And that's really important, not only, as I said, for the buyers, but also the sellers that when they're accepting a contract and offer to sell their house, to have that information available to them so there's no surprises, no craziness that may go on. Hey, thanks so much for joining me this week. We will be back next week with some more great tips and information about the real estate market. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.